episode of the Rebel Radio Podcast. And, um, man, uh, what the hell was Zendaya wearing at the Dune world premiere for part two? Telling you, dude. That's the first. I just, you know, we, we texted each other about it. But I, I just came across it again on social media. And I'm just like. People put um, R2-D2 next to her. Like, she looks like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? Or or something out of Buck Rogers or what? Like she I just kind of looked like Barbarella to me. What the fashion designer that came up with that thought that this would be a good idea, and the look on her face herself, she looks trying to smile, but she realizes like I she think in her mind she knows man. like God, I look like I look like a fucking can opener, you know. <laughs> I wonder who paid her because it's like I'm sure that these you know these actresses and actors are like billboards too you know it's like oh what are you wearing you know who designed your you know and uh every year someone tries to come up with something interesting i I think miley cyrus wore a bunch of safety pins and that was her thing (laughs) and then yeah you've got a uh you got zendaya and her like see-through plastic armor like uh whatever like it was and morton joe and stuff you know i guess you know if she farts you can kind of see her fart swirling around and that you know see-through butt plate i don't know you know well that and, and she like i mean don't get me wrong she's she's a pretty girl but she doesn't have like, she is yeah she doesn't have the body to pull that off she just looked like this kind of uh bull- really robotic. I don't know, almost yeah, almost like a a child in a costume. <laughs> it wasn't flattering, that's for sure. No. It wasn't. Did not show her best side for sure. And then then Timothy Shamont's having to stand next to her and take pictures, and he's got this look on his face like, "What the fuck am I standing next to?" It's like, yeah, he's just like, made, "All right, I made a movie with you." What? <laughs> well, he he oh. wore like a dress one time, so maybe maybe she was trying to, you know, outdo him with the weirdness. One up, you know, him. yeah. Maybe it was, it was a maybe it was, it was a one strange. up, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess you have to be um a weird Hollywood type to think you look cool doing that stuff. I guess so. Or you man. make so much goddamn money in the world, you just don't care. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just gonna be like, okay, peasant. You know. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But man, uh-huh. that said though, despite the weirdnesses in Daya. Um, man, that it's we've been kind of going through a phase where since since Christmas time, it's been kind of a just slow going with movies. But man, then th- this week yeah. we got some pretty badass trailers. You know, Super Bowl was this past Sunday, and uh, always new trailers drop. And we uh, finally got a look at um, the new movie called uh, Wolverine and an Asshole. I mean, Deadpool and Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with, as Hugh Jackman called him out, and uh, you know that's the official title of Deadpool Three. Now it's Deadpool and Wolverine, and um, you know my first thoughts on on this trailer was, uh, you know, it's I thought the the cracks at Disney making Ray R R rated film were were pretty genius, showing that Disney does have a sense of humor. Um, I, I thought that it was a little weird at first. You know, it felt like a, watching an episode of All in the Family, then it becomes a, a Deadpool movie trailer. Um, yeah. It was a bit strange. Uh, but, man, I I feel like the, the trailer didn't deliver enough for me. I feel like, you know, you get the silhouette of Wolverine, and that's cool and all, but, like, we everyone knows Hugh Jackman's in the movie. We know Wolverine's back. So I was kind of like, why hide him so much in the trailer? You know, I, I just felt like um, I was a little disappointed by that. And I know there will probably be a second trailer down the road, but uh, it just felt like, uh, you know, it, it just, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't just get my blood boiling. I mean, and that said, I'm not a huge fan of the first couple of ring films or Deadpool films. I mean, I, I do like Deadpool one, Deadpool two, I mean, you know, it's kind of just part one all over again with some new jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, I was, the anticipation behind this, I really wanted to be wowed by the trailer, and I just wasn't, man. And, and I was just like, I mean, it's cool, um, but it, but it just, it didn't wow me. You know, this is Marvel's big thing this year; it's their only film. It's got to like wow audiences, and yeah. so far, it's just, it almost feels like they're riding the coattails of the popularity of the character of Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds, the actor, that they don't need to wow you with the trailer. Is that fair enough to say? Maybe um, so, but. 
I felt like it should have wowed me and it just didn't, you know, uh, it's just I my didn't feel like we, we wanted to see some skin, you know, we wanted to see some skin and they pulled up, they showed us like half the leg. All right. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. There's something there. Um, but you know, we didn't get uh, a look at what we really wanted to get a look at. They would have rolled it up a little bit more. Could have seen a uh, Wolverine. We did get pyro yeah. though. Pyro is, yeah, uh, you know, cares about pyro. But I, I mean, think it's it is a notion that they are going to have a lot of X Men characters from the well, Fox films. And that's the thing: if all these rumored cameos and stuff are true, maybe they can't only show so much without revealing too much. Yeah. So if that's the case, then at least show us Wolverine with Deadpool, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just him in a silhouette. Um, you know, I like so. the little Easter egg with Secret Wars um, with the uh, the Void on it it's the uh battle i guess it's the uh battle world battle world um issue is what uh is what people uh deduced from the trailer um so that and and battle world world is a secret wars yeah to the multiverse um so i wonder if they're you know if there's going to be uh you know they're going to use this to to bring back all those people who were rumored like Jennifer Garner's Electra, um, you know, uh, Affleck's uh, Daredevil. They're they're talking like every, everybody from all the past superhero films are going to be in this film. Ian mm-hmm. McKellen is apparently confirmed. Uh, the actor that played Cyclops, I forget his name. James uh, Marston. Yeah, uh, he, he's, he's rumored. Um, so if they're able to pull it off and, and have all these people in there, I think it's going to be a really, really fun film. Yeah. Um, but like you said, um, if that's the case and I know, uh, Reynolds like sent out like a generic message, Hey guys, stop leaking, you know, pictures from the, the set. <laughs> There's a lot of people leaking set pictures and that's how a lot of this stuff was like came to light. And so people kind of, you know, halted on it so i think uh you know if they tried to expand on the trailer like you said maybe they they'd give away too much yeah maybe so um yeah i mean you know but show wolverine damn it you know i know man um but i I like the title i think that's cool calling it deadpool wolverine i think it's smart marketing too so because you're kind of basically rebooting deadpool within the mcu after doing his two movies by himself. Yeah. So I think if you're going to do that, why not? You don't need to call it Deadpool three. It's a good idea to call it Deadpool Wolverine. I, I do like that. That was cool. Um, the second trailer we got that did blow my, blow me away. Um, well, we got a, we also got a trailer for, well, let's back up a little bit. We got a trailer for a quiet place day one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this looks pretty intense. Um, going backwards. We're in the quiet place movies. We're, told through things that you can't make noise or the aliens will get you. And this one is the exact opposite. You're making all the fucking noises. Aliens attack until people figure out like, Oh, they can't make noise. So I think it's a cool, you know, when you think about prequels, sometimes you're like, ah, do I really need a prequel of that? But you know, the quiet place kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Extends itself. Allows itself for a prequel to be interesting. Yeah. It, It left the invasion part of the story open. Right, um, so, and because so a prequel could told. be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we got a uh, our first look at the. They're not calling it a sequel, but a in the same um, universe, and that's Twisters. Um, which yeah. I have a feeling. Don't you feel like there's going to be some sort of connection to the original? Like Glenn Gotta Powell be. is Glenn Powell plays Bill Paxton's son or something. Something you know? like that. Um, you know. Got to, but uh, it looked fun. It looked stupid, absolutely stupid. It also looked a lot of fun. Yeah, which it's know? like we we didn't we yeah we redid Twisters or we we uh, we retrospected Phil uh, Twister, and uh, it, it's funny rewatching it after you've seen all these other uh, action films and disaster films. You realize that the whole movie, the whole time they're they're running the whole time and just be like get out you got to get out of here ah, right. let's get away from here you know it's like the all the action um but uh so i wonder if it's going to be like the same thing with this one and are we going to get cows 
are we going to have cows <laughs> twirling around in the twisters again? Cause yeah. I thought that was actually kind of, kind of funny. <laughs> um, and then, but the trailer that did blow me away, um, was our new trailer for kingdom of the planet of the apes. And, uh, man, I've watched this thing like four times. This trailer, this is a good trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it, this is what Deadpool and Wolverine could have been as a trailer, much more intriguing, much more like, okay, what is this about? They throw hints at you that this is uh, many years past Caesar. Um, you know, they uh, throw hints at you as to the war that has occurred since War from the Planet of the Apes that has been going on between different ape species and they don't like each other and that the humans are now hunted and there's very few of them left. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this trailer, you know, it's disappointing that Matt Reeves is not coming back. It's, But I'm very curious to see what West Ball is going to pull off. I know he's best known for the Maze Runner films and stuff, and I haven't seen those, but I've heard that they're decent, you know. Um, but man, I um, Kingdom for the Planet of the, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes uh, looks looks amazing. It looks like it could be one of the biggest films this summer. Nah, it looks really good. The CGI looks smooth. Um, you know, there's no you know fan backlash like oh CGI looks horrible. It looks good, um, and, and it looks to be as epic as the films that came before it. And I love some of the subtle nods, to the original series in there, like uh, the beat scene is obviously a nod to beneath the plan of the apes and to the end of the original plan of the apes. Uh, mm-hmm. The, we see the girl running through the grass, obviously a nod to the original plan of the apes too, where we first see the apes and what Charlton Heston's characters run through the grass. So I think that's some really cool series nods they threw in there just in the trailer, you know, that, uh, yeah, are obviously uh, homages to the original series. Um, so definitely looking forward to that one, man. That one just looked, looked fucking awesome, uh, to be to be honest. And uh, am I forgetting any major trailers that came out? I think those were the two biggest ones. And, well, we did – this wasn't a Super Bowl trailer, and I'm going to get to Godzilla here in a minute, but we got our first look finally. You made me think about with Deadpool at X-Men 97. The long yeah. awaited. This was announced like three years ago when Disney Plus almost first came out that they were bringing back the X Men with a series that takes place right where X Men '96 left off, and uh, finally got our first look at it. It's coming out March 20th, and uh, it just looks it looks like it looks like we jumped right back into 1996. Oh yeah, uh, it looks fun. Um, a little updated, obviously, and uh, our, our our favorite characters are back. I saw like a little clip a bishop in there even mm. and uh you know that's it's gonna be fun to to watch it whenever it comes out yeah i'm really curious just like you know the one thing the x-men the ma series was great about was adapting very popular comic storylines i mean we had the entire dark phoenix saga we had uh the days of future past we apocalypse. had cables yeah. yeah we had apocalypse we had cable saga so surely they know that what cool storylines are getting adapted in this you know the long-haired magneto makes me think about um apocalypse now or age of apocalypse i meant uh man you know they could adapt that storyline in some ways they could adapt storyline where he rips wolverine's adamantium out there's Mm -hmm. some cool stuff they could do with this um so we'll see where they go with it and uh and then lastly the 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 trailer we got on wednesday on valentine's day was a new trailer for godzilla x kong the new empire and uh much better trailer in the first trailer much better um just just uh got to see a lot of good monster action some really cool shots of the, the big boys in this and uh uh i mean i'm already excited for this movie i mean i've been excited just can't wait man it is it is the end of 2023 and now into 2020 2024 it is the year of godzilla it's the 70th anniversary but we're not going to leave kong out either he gets his spotlight also that's right in this movie and uh Man, Godzilla fans, we are eating the buffet lines. The pizza's filling our bellies. We're doing good right now. Between <laughs> Minus One, Monarch, and now this movie coming out, it is just good living. Yeah, man. I, I like how they uh, they kind of explain the the gauntlet that Kong has on a little bit, um, which they didn't really have to. I feel like you could save uh, some of those surprises for the actual film. Um, right. But it's cool that we got all that. It's it, We're getting a lot got a lot of insight on this trailer and yeah. uh man it looks it looks like you know yeah i mean just awesome fun 
Awesome the cool plot. thing about that, the the Godzilla films, is you you can have a really thought out serious film like Minus One, but there's also such a huge sandbox for a fun film like Godzilla X Kong, and that's what's great about it, man. You yeah, know, I can't wait. Um, I know a certain eight year old who will be nine by the time it comes out. It's super excited <laughs> too. Um, you know, so so it's gonna be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, man. So you know, we had to talk all those new trailers and. Uh, Along with some new trailers, I actually was able to watch. A Last week, I kind of slacked, but I did watch a couple movies this week, man. And a couple older movies I had not seen. I was just browsing Netflix, and I was like, and uh, the first thing I watched, I uh, I checked out. I had not seen this with uh, Woody Harrelson and Kevin Costner, uh, The Highwayman, where they oh, destroy yeah. the detectives, where they go after Bonnie and Clyde. Mm -hmm. um, it The movie works really well because of Woody and Kevin. They're really good in it. Um other than the movie where the movie doesn't work is it gets a little too long. It's like, you know, they're kind of going from town to town trying to trail Bonnie and Clyde. And there's probably 20 minutes of this that it didn't need to be two hours and 15 minutes. You could have told this maybe yeah. an hour and 45 minutes and still told the same story. Um, but I enjoyed it. I, I still liked it. I just felt like, okay, this is, a little, there was definitely some unnecessary scenes in it that just dragged the movie down a bit, but, uh, but it's worth watching for Harold, man, Harrelson, man, Woody's come such a long way from white man can't jump. He, he's really become a very pretty, a really good actor in his older age, man. Yeah. He's just built for playing these older disgruntled kind of, uh, detective bad guy kind of parts, you know, not that he's a bad guy in this, but uh, he just and but him and Costner played really well off of each other, and uh, you know that, that was that was a, that was a good little movie to watch, and I um I, I enjoyed it, and uh, I, I remember um, being in Austin in two thousand and eighteen for something, and South by Southwest was going on, and um, and they were premiering the movie at South by Southwest, and I remember driving by and seeing this long line of people, and it said world premiere of the highwayman and i was like oh that's pretty cool you know and uh so you know and uh, so i finally got around to watching the movie here a few years after it's been out <laughs> i remember the seeing the scene on, on the teaser uh and they're in a gun shop and he's like the thompson and they're picking out all oh, these yeah, different yeah. guns and they're like you know like, which one do you want and he's like we'll take all of them and i was like yeah. damn damn yeah <laughs> um yeah, it was, it was good, and I, I was doing some research on it about how accurate the film was. And, uh, man, I the the researchers for this film, uh, like a lot of Bonnie and Clyde experts, consider this one of the most almost exact. There's only been a few films and some TV miniseries, but The Highwayman's actually considered one of the more accurate portrayals, the way it was shot because everything, because there's been some film versions, I guess, where – Bonnie and Clyde get out of the car and get shot up. Not in this one. Yeah. Like they, the detectives did say, no, they were shot in the car on the side of the road. And uh, so made pretty amazing accuracy from when I was reading about what happened to them and stuff. And uh, so I watched that. Then I watched uh, man, I, you know, you never know what you're going to get with a Gerard Butler flick nowadays, but I was like, you know, I, I was like, I want to yeah. watch this. So I watched Hunter killer. His summary movie did a few years ago. And, uh, this was really good, actually. I want I wouldn't sleep on this, man. I actually really enjoyed it uh, quite a bit, yeah. and you know, and maybe it's just because that genre doesn't have enough movies in it, the submarine war genre. But this one, uh, this one was really good. A bit over the top as far as uh, you know the ideas of you know us almost going to war with Russia and stuff, but it wasn't over the top in the sense that it felt ridiculous. You know, like it, the story felt believable. You know. Yeah. And, uh, and it was well acted and, and uh, a good intense moments in it. And, uh, you know, I um some good action. And I was like, it went by two hours pretty quick. And I was like, wow, I just watched a random Gerard Butler movie on Netflix for two hours. And, and I liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You know? <laughs> What's you the know, world so, coming to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was good, man. Um, you know, the CGI was very sketchy. It's not real good CGI because almost all the underwater submarine scenes are all CGI. There's no practical effects in it. And, uh, and it's not good CGI. But I I think the, the intensity of the story makes the movie still work with the actors and everything. Cause uh, so you forgive the not so good CGI, I think for that reason. Okay. Um, you know uh, so, you know, that's fair enough, but uh, yeah. So I, I was able to check out a couple of movies this week in, in my uh, spare time, it, which is amazing considering 
you know, we started spring baseball practice this week and everything, but somehow I found time to watch a couple of flicks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, yeah, man. I, I watched uh, some old flicks too. Um, ended up buying a, you know, what I felt was uh, a good Valentine's day movie. Cause the wife likes, uh, likes vampire flicks and that's uh, let the right one in um, or no, sorry. Let me in, let me in the, the remake. And uh, she really liked it. Um, and yeah, uh, rewatched that as a Valentine's Day flick. Uh, and then, you know, it's of course, remake. yeah, yeah. It's I mean, not I, as I mean, good as Matt, the Reeves original. Re- Matt Reeves directed it, you know. I mean, even though you could watch it on Max, you know. But yeah, but Matt it was Pride on didn't. sale for like five bucks, I think. Matt Pride didn't like look at that. But, uh, I didn't. Never <laughs> but, do. But, uh, but I still prefer the Swedish version, but. Yeah, I th- I, I want to say I man I thought I bought the Swedish version, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I just found it somewhere. But uh, uh I mean, ne- neither version is um like the book. I mean, it it is in parts, but there the book is probably honestly more gruesome and almost more. The book almost plays out more like a horror movie in some ways because of some things that happen in the book that don't happen yeah. in the movies. Um, but at the same time, the stuff that happens in the book, you didn't really need in the movie, which is weird to say the yeah. book just simply adds more elements to the story of her father or her surrogate father that aren't really necessary in the movie, but yet they're still kind of cool in the book. So and that sounds really like weird. You almost have to read the book to understand that what I mean by that. It's like, this mm-hmm. is cool and all, but I can see why I didn't put in the movie. Because both movie versions want to focus more on the girl and the boy, you know, which is the more important part of the story anyway. Yeah, that's the that's the bulk of the story. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I did continue my Carl Weathers, uh, you know, movie movie trip. And uh, I, I watched uh, Rocky's four five and Rocky Balboa. Um and I, I do, I do feel like like Balboa is is good, um, but it's definitely better than five. That's for sure. Five is just uh, five just out good. of out of place. You know, I don't like how they make Rocky out to be dumb again. You know, like like they did in two. You know, in two. You know, he's doing those commercials, and uh, he he, you know, isn't very good at at talking. And then, but, but by three and four, he's he's very well. Five's not together. so much he's dumb. Five, there he's where he's he has a the the injury brain brain issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, then, here's the biggest yeah. problem of five, and it's Touch always man, I'll sue. The biggest problem of five is it's always going to be this. There's no boxing match in it. Yeah, and the, the whole point, fight. Rocky, is to have boxing matches, and the street fight thing just didn't work. It's just it was a bad idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only good good thing on there is uh, some of the philosophical stuff, and that's it. You know him him as the trainer, the way that they did it, uh, just wasn't wasn't good. Worked way um, much better in Creed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, way better in Creed. Um, and that you know, especially since you had this lineage aspect, I think that's you you have to have that. You know, like hey, your father trained me. I'm going to train you uh kind of thing and uh you know rocky uh being older um the this is now actor as his uh dad is you know always you know throws me off a little bit and jackie didn't realize that uh that guy was in the film too the dad from this is us if if anyone's ever seen that uh he he plays uh rocky's grown-up son wait did you just admit that you've watched that sappy shit I have, I have I've seen like the first season. I want to say, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I have with Mandy Moore. I've heard yeah, there's not Mandy. one episode that goes by that people don't cry. I heard every episode's a cry fest. It's very, it's very okay. sappy. You, you probably had Jackie sitting there. You, you cry on her shoulder where she's over there like you yeah. fucking pussy. She's you know, like, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just so sad. It's sad. You better tell her I fucking said that too. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> oh man. 
but uh, I I do I I like the uh, the training montage in Rocky Balboa because uh, he gets uh, he gets uh, Creed's uh, trainer again, like in like in Rocky Four, and he he's like he's like you got calcium deposits on your knees, so hard running's out. And you, and you got arthritis, so sparring's out. And it's like, all right, what's he what's he gonna fucking do? How's he gonna train for this one? And he's like, so yeah. we're gonna have to focus saw, on brute strength. I saw like, it in theaters. Yeah, Rocky Balboa. I, I like that he's older and and uh, he's basically you know like saying, all right, you're old as shit, but uh. Well, let's kick this guy's ass together. And they're like, yeah. And then right. it plays the Rocky song and he's running hard anyways with his, with his dog. Um, fact, but no one's running with him. Yeah. It's probably the last Rocky movie I saw in theater. Cause all the Creed movies I saw at home. <laughs> I, I saw, I saw Creed. Uh, I saw Creed in theaters. Yeah. Creed three. Sorry. Creed. I kept three. trying to go see the first Creed in theaters. It just never worked out. But uh, yeah. Rocky Balboa is probably the last Rocky movie I saw in theaters. Yeah, I'm. I missed the boat on seeing uh, Creed and Creed Two in theaters. I think by the time, I think by the time Creed Two had come out, I was like, "Well, I guess the Creed movie was good," and so I, I watched it. And, uh, <laughs> Ooh, and I was like, "Man, I was like, why didn't I? Why didn't I go see this sooner?" Um, but uh, but yeah, man, um, that's what I checked out. Just went went back in time again, you know. Cool. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you gotta do that, man. Yeah, yeah there's plenty of good relevant films that are um, still out there, and it's good playing them, you know, for your your younger ones at home, so that uh, you know, you can introduce them to that stuff, and they don't get caught up wa- just wanting to watch, uh, you know, that movies like the one that came out with Glenn Powell and Sydney Sweeney. You know, well, I mean, I'd watch that anything just for but Sydney you, Sweeney. yeah, yeah, um, just just for Sweeney, yeah. Now, I won't watch Madame Webb because I read that it's absolutely terrible, but uh, yeah, I thought, but I thought about going to see it just for her. Um, I'm glad you didn't. I heard it's awful, yeah, I heard it's like unwatchable, but um, that yeah, they try and basically make a, a Terminator film out just of watch a, Euphor- uh, just watch Euphoria too. She has some good scenes in that show, yeah. But um, <laughs> treat it. Yeah, I, I treat that like the uh, like like NFL games. Just watch the highlights, baby. You know, That's the it. highlights. The highlights are up there. <laughs> <laughs> Just check them out. But uh, I was gonna say something, but now I uh, I forgot what I was gonna say. It doesn't matter. You got me distracted by Sydney Sweeney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what movie are we doing today? No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, like oh, ten things I hate about you. No, no. no. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, all right. Well, let's get into today's feature film then, officially. Um, a movie that came out, uh, man, how old is this film? Not that old. Two, uh, 2008 or nine, maybe? Yeah, is it even that old? 2005. 2005. So it is yeah. about almost 20 years old now. Wow. Wow. Um, man, this is a movie, man, I actually. Uh, I did go see this in theaters, man. I remember this came out and I wanted to see it. Um, this is probably a story for you, Matt. It was your first time to see this movie. And uh, yeah, mostly because this is this movie, unfortunately, did not find an audience in theaters. Um, if I remember correctly, I think it came out the same weekend as some as a big release. And and the marketing behind this film uh, was mostly unknown actors. It has Heath Ledger in it, but he's kind of you can't really recognize him a lot in the film and he wasn't marketed as a and and part of that he didn't want to be marketed as one of the main actors because he wanted the spotlight to shine on the young actors of the film yeah and um you know uh you but still this have is a story, yeah 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 but this is a story that uh your generation map may not be as familiar with because you guys are the tony hawk generation y'all grew up playing pro skater and y'all yep. knew who tony hawk was but my age i knew who Tony Alba was and, and Joey Peralta and these guys, I had heard their names. When you went to the skateboard and surf shot, their, their names were on t-shirts, Alva skateboards, their names were on skateboards. Um, and then Tony Hawk came around and he 
took skateboarding. He blew it up even bigger than these guys had already started. Yeah. But these guys, skateboarding also was a real West Coast thing in the late 70s, even into the 80s until Tony Hawk blew it up. So unless you followed skateboarding or kind of kept up with it, you didn't really know what it was. Skateboarding was still a niche kind of underground thing. I had a friend um, who you know, Mark Nassau, who worked at uh, a surf shop in Memorial City Mall. And so you walk in there and they had all these skateboards from these guys. And that's how you learn about a lot of stuff. But again, it was still a real niche shop. Unless you're into yeah. skating or surfing, you didn't go shop there. I go hang out there because my buddy worked there. You know, yeah. Um, but that movie that tells their story is Lords of Dogtown. Um, and this tells the story of how the, the Z boys who worked for Zephyr Skateboards uh, started making skateboarding get big and start booming in California in the late 70s and going to the 80s. And this is their story told on film from their perspective of, um, of what they went through. Uh, now the film is told in kind of that hyper, hyper realism kind of fast paced, semi real documentary feel. Yeah. So there's kind a whole like lot. Hurt locker. Yeah. yeah. There's a whole lot going on in this film very quickly. Um, it's not your cut and paste true story. Um, you know, you kind of have to pick up the pieces as a viewer as you're going along because they start from being a small town Zephyr skateboarders and all of a sudden they're getting, you know, picked apart by big wigs who want to make them bigger and everything. Yeah. It all happens kind of quickly. If this had been an overly dramatic film, you would have probably had, you know, the, the set down like, oh man, I can't leave. Uh, um, man, what is it? He's character's name. It's escaping me. Skip. Off the top of my Skip. Skip. Oh, I can't leave Skip. Oh, but you, but yes, you can. And you'd have these, you know, promote, but they, they do this a little differently. They make it more like, it's almost like watching a punk rock movie. Yeah, is that fair to say? Which the Rise Against uh, does play yes. in the film. Uh, and, uh, the fight scene. Yeah. So before I go too far into this movie, this is your first time to see this, man. Just yeah. give me your initial thoughts and stuff on it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's. I mean, they set the tone right at the beginning of the film. You got Hendrix playing, um, and uh, it's it's you know the the seventies. Um, they they really capture. Um, the uh, the punk aspect of uh, of skateboarding, hopping fences and and using people's uh, swimming pools that have been drained out because of the drought um, that's happened. And uh, in fact, yeah. the Z boys doing this in real life caused a disruption across California. There were kids everywhere jumping to people's swimming pools yeah, because man. they knew that Stacy Peralta and Jay and Tony were doing this, and like, because that's how popular these boys were very quickly. Yeah. You kids get out of my yard. Yeah, it wasn't just <laughs> in the movie. This was across California. It caused a craze. Yeah, kind of like Project X. You know, it started. You know, you had guys like just throwing random house parties in in random houses, and then people started doing it. It's same concept. Uh, yeah, seeing. Uh, the friend, the will, they get the friend in the wheelchair get pushed down into the uh, into the pool. I thought they were gonna like try and make him like go up and down the pool, and I'm like, what are they gonna do with this kid in the wheelchair? Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great story. Skip is kind of like you know the mentor, and uh, kind of you know keeps them together, um, and you know you just basically go through the story of how they got famous and. Uh, it's got the same director as uh, 13, um, which was kind of like a gritty film and, and they liked her for, uh, for this movie. And you get kind of that same uh, gritty style uh, from this film. Um, it was a, uh, it was a surprise. Like you said, uh, you know, the, the style of the film is, is different. Um, but I like the angles um, that, the skateboarding is kind of fil filmed from when they're going in the streets, they're going through traffic. Um, you know, it's showing, you know, the, those nice angled action shots uh, and they're, they're zipping through cars. Um, and, and uh, it, they do a good job of, of capturing the personal issues that they go through um, as they get more famous and uh, you know, they start, you know, losing sight of, of their friendship and, um, and the skateboarding a little bit there. Um, and, uh, but Heath, man, this is, this is like a top three performance for Heath. He's great. Uh, yeah, he's great. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised that this film isn't, uh, touted a little bit more, um, because of his performance. Um, you've also got Rebecca DeMornay in the film, 
uh, which I was stoner mom. Yeah. Which I was surprised to see her in the film. I was like, man, the only thing I know her from is she's the hooker from risky business. (laughs) You know, so seeing her again, uh, I was like, man, where's she, where's she been this whole time? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a simple story. Um, and, uh, you figure, you know, they're going through the same thing. You figure most people would go at once you get hit with more fame and more money, more problems, baby, you yeah. more money, more problems. Yeah. Well, and then the talk about the cast, you know, uh, a lot of critics, I think when I read, when I was reading up on this about how critics reviewed this film, I felt like they simply just didn't pay attention to it. This movie came out in June of 2005. I'm not sure what it came out against, but I feel like this was that movie that came out in the summer films that critics saw and they ignored it because overall, most fans like this movie. Um, Most it gets, it's, it's highly ranked on most websites. Uh, Critics did praise his performance and the kids performances, but they said the movie I was reading there where they said things like, Oh, the movie, was too stylistic. It didn't know what it wanted to be. Was it a true story? Was it a documentary? Which tells me that critics just blew this movie off, basically. Is how yeah, I, I think Siskel and Ebert kind of said something similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they just... Uh, it tells me that critics kind of blew this movie off and started really paying attention to it. Um, and, you know, the movie's not even 20 years old, but it almost feels like it maybe was just a few years ahead of its time. If that makes sense. If this comes out in the 2010s, this movie fits right in with the style of films are being made now consistently. Yeah. You know, these high kind of hyperkinetic kind of stylistic films. Um, and, and I can see what Catherine, uh, was it Catherine Hardwick was her name? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I can see what, and I, I completely get the feel that she was going for. And I think it works so well to capture, like you said, that seventies punk rock aspect, the whole idea of underground skateboard movement and what these boys went through <coughs> towards their lead to be successful. And, um, and, and I think it's uh, really a cool story, you know, and then it's cool to see the little Tony Hawk cameo in there at, yeah. towards the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Renner cameos in this film. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a few of those, uh, a few of those cameos. There, there's some character actors that I could have, that I'm like, I can't, point my pin my finger on yeah like you've seen them before and you're like man it's like what other film have i seen you in um there and there um i'm not sure what the budget was for this film but they were able to get some some names in here um and uh yeah they i gotta tell you who's good in this too is also is is emil hirsch man he's who plays jay man emil is such a talent we did speed racer with him um, you know, and he, he, but he got into some trouble with the law a few years ago. Then he hit his girlfriend or something like that. And yeah. his career never took shaved off. Head, always, right? Shaved head. Yeah. 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 I always felt like, man, and, and there's a movie that's going to show up in my top five that he was in. We'll talk about a little bit in a minute. And, um, he, he just like, man, he, I feel like Emil Hirsch is that actor that is, we're going to look back on is like, man, this kid could have been a star, but because he couldn't stay out of trouble in the law, he was never able to be that star because he's really talented, man. Yeah. Um, he showed it in Speed Racer. He showed it in the in the in this movie, and and he's just really good, man. Um, and and, uh, man, and all the kids count, are good. We mm-hmm. can count on more fingers and toes that we have. I mean, actors that have just screwed it up. You know, Edward Furlong. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's like well, I wouldn't say I refer along as talented as Emil Hirsch. <laughs> no, yeah, different, different talent. You, you know, young talent with the uh, with right. Furlong. Um, you're like, man, this guy, this kid, he's gonna, he's gonna go somewhere. You know, but he's See, gonna my, go. My biggest problem, with, my biggest problem with Terminator Two is him. I think he's awful in the movie for the most part. Wow, he's really not good in the movie, Matt. I know you love Terminator. I love Terminator Two too, but you really watch Ever Furlong. He's not very good in the movie. And if he, you really want to, if shine you pay on, attention to what he's doing, he's reading his lines off the cue cards for most of the film, and you can tell he's not great in that movie. Oh, Arnold carries the film, right? Yeah, Arnold, Arnold, well, Arnold and, and Lynn uh, Hamilton's great. Lynn yeah. Hamilton, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Edward's best scene in that movie is um, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but is is the scene where in Mexico where they go see her friend. And he oh, ha- yeah. he's having the casual conversation and laughing with Arnold about getting him to smile and things like that. That part's great, but the most of the movie ever is just kind of there. I don't know if he was, you know. Well, and then whenever Arnold has to go, when Arnold yeah. has to go, and yeah, 
but anyway, but uh, but the the kids in this film are are very good. You know, playing characters are real life. And the cool thing about this is that Jay and Tony and Stacy Peralta were all on set for a lot of this and helping yeah. with the mannerisms of the kids and the way they acted, helping with the stunts. The stunts, um, which yeah, were very very hard to do, mm -hmm. especially with the camera that had to be. Yeah, and they taught the boys to do. They the boys learned to skateboard for a lot of this because they wanted to be real. They didn't want to. They did use some stunt men, but they tried to film as much as they could with the boys to keep it real. Yeah, and, and uh, people did get injured, as you would suspect. There were some mm -hmm. injuries. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, was it a uh, the kid who played Stacy? I think got the worst injury, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Hit the head, pretty hit, pretty hit bad twist an ankle or something yeah. like that. Oh yeah, that ankle. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, but since this movie came out, the real Jay Adams has passed on. He had a heart attack. And uh, but Tony Alva and Stacy Peralta, they still make skateboards to this day. Um, Tony Alva is an inspirational, motivational guy for, for young youth and getting the skateboard parks and things like that. And Stacy Peralta still runs a major skateboarding company to this day. Um, and that's his claim to fame. And, and Skip is still alive too and still runs a um, I think I think you're ready. Still runs this after skateboard shop, and he yeah. still uh, helps with kids as well and mentoring them and things like that. And he can't the real Skip. All of them can be on the movie. Skip, Jay, Stacy, Tony, they all have cameos in the movie. The real actors, yeah. the real people um, throughout the film. And um, you'd have to look it up to pinpoint them, but but they're they're in the film throughout. Um, you know, which I think is cool. You know that they're still doing their thing out there, and and to this day, and uh, and Jay, unfortunately. Jay, even though he passed, you know, he passed away from Ardak. Jay was the one out of the three that never got to the success that Stacy and Tony had. He had some success, but he couldn't stay out of trouble with the law, mm -hmm. had a lot of law issues, assault charges, things like that. He was in and out of jail. And that's kind of why he was living in Mexico when he had his heart attack, because he was in too much trouble in the United States. Couldn't you know? come in. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so unfortunately, Jay was not able to exercise his demons and, and, deal with the price of fame and everything and uh you know but he's still very important to what the z boys did and the, and their things they brought to skateboarding and making it popular yeah man it's you know interesting well you see you know people do different things whenever they face challenges you know these beer companies uh you know when prohibition hit they started making root beer um, water sodas and water, water yeah. yeah and then you know whenever you can't surf anymore. You skate and, and uh, you know, look at, look at where it got them um, mm -hmm. and, and where it, you know, where it went to um, because of that. Um, so that's, that's really interesting and, to see that part. And of they history. blew Skip off at first. They're like, man, we don't want to skate, man. And Skip's yeah. like, oh, but come on, man. Skip encouraged him to, to skate, you know, because mm -hmm. of the surfing issue. And I think that's pretty cool. And, uh, and, you know, and when you go back and you watch, uh, you know, Act, recent actors like Heath that have only been gone for you know 15 years or whatever and um you know just how good he was man but from his portrayal of the Joker to skipping this and uh man Heath was just uh, such a good actor man and, and if you haven't seen Lords of Dogtown it's on Paramount Plus check it out man because uh, it's worth it for Heath's performance and just a really cool story about something that's ha that's happened in history that maybe the Z boys and making skateboarding is not as important as a movie about Watergate or some political significance or war yeah. or something, but it's it's still important to a lot of young men. And there's a lot of young men out there that this day still skateboard and surf across the world and, and they knew who the Z boys were and they know that's why they're doing what they do, you know. So I think a story like Lords of Dogtown to me is just as important as a historical film that has to do with the war, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a piece of of history that made a, a big impact and um, people are still feeling the effects of it today, yeah. you know. Yeah. I just, I, I think it could have benefited from a different title, because that, because I think the movie doesn't do well enough portraying that that part of Venice was known as Dogtown. Even yeah. I had to look that up. That's how they called it. Um, so I think maybe they could have called it the Z Boys of Venice. I don't know, just something maybe a little bit more marketable, but it's fine. Yeah, you know, but still a good film and fun to watch. And uh, you know, so that got us to thank you, man. We, we, you know, we try and bring our top five back you know, at least once a month. And uh, so we, we thought we would do a top five this month of our, not necessarily the best historical movies, but our five favorite historical movies, you know, just, this is off top list, five movies that we really enjoyed watching that are historical. And, and this list, man, you know, Matt, it's funny. 
this list was one of the harder ones to do because I'm trying to avoid making it five sports films. Yeah. Because you know, there's yeah. so many great sports films, right? Um, but uh, but I'll, I'll kick it off, man. And my first film is an Emil Hirsch film. And that is the story of Chris Canlis and or Chris Christopher McCandless, and that's Into the Wild, man. Um, oh man, yeah, just just a great movie, man. Where Emil Hirsch gives a fantastic performance. The story of, of Christopher McCandless, a young man who decides to go on a journey to find himself in his world and and, and complete himself. He ends up ending up in the Alaskan wilderness and eats some bad berries and unfortunately passes away. Even in in the movie in the those from his journals, we know that he was ready to return home at that point, that he had found himself. He was ready to move on with his life. But unfortunately, Chris never made it back home. Um, but a great movie with a great soundtrack by Eddie Vedder and directed by Sean Penn. And uh, one of my favorite uh, true story movies. I really enjoy Into the Wild quite a bit. Yeah, man. It's been a while since I've seen that film. But uh, but yeah, I've got a... I, I try not to pick too many Leonardo DiCaprio movies and Brad Pitt movies. <laughs> and I, so that was my challenge. Um, but, uh, I've got, I've got Wolf of wall street. Um, and I, I, what's funny is I didn't see it until like recently. I, I, I didn't see it until like a few years after it came out. Um, such a crazy movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I saw like half of it and then, uh, I, I forgot to watch the last half. Um, but watching the whole movie, it's just ridiculous. Uh, okay. It's got so much stuff in the film. And, uh, and Jordan Belfort said, he has said 80% of that shit's real. It yes. happened. They had parties like that. They had stuff like that. Yeah, he said it was nuts. Yeah, yep. that's the kind of life they live. They set the, that movie sets the standard right whenever you wa yeah. start watching it. It's like freaking cocaine. The, the, the and craziest thing about all that is, <laughs> You know, Jordan Belfort went to money, went to jail, obviously, for a few years for embezzling funds and money and all that. Yeah. But you know, when he came out of jail, he was still worth $3.1 million because he was so good. He had his lawyers make sure the judge, because there was $3 million he actually didn't make legally. Yeah. And his lawyers were so good that he got to keep that. They didn't take everything from him because <laughs> they were able to prove that he made that money legally. Crazy, man. That's how good Jordan Belfort was. And now he's a motivational speaker and gets paid probably a million dollars just to appear at a college. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still found a way to make make millions. Yep. Um, at number four, man, it's, I do have two uh, two sports movies on here. And uh, I have the story of Jackie Robinson with Chadwick Boseman, 42. Um, love this movie. Good man. one. Such, such a great film. Uh, just the uh, story of Jackie Robinson, I think, is uh, – one of the most important sports stories in our history um, as he broke the color barrier, not just for baseball, but for all sports. Eventually, yeah. you know, it would lead to basketball and to football. And and, uh, and such a brave man Jackie was to deal with everything he had to deal with and get out there in that baseball field and play baseball and perform every day with, with threats on his life and his family and, uh, and to fight racism and uh, just an inspiration to people across the world and as, as he should be. And 42 tells that story. Uh, wonderfully yeah they say uh you know uh you know the caucasians they used to talk like this <laughs> oh there's all black black socks uh he's 42 he's a bartender he's the fastest out there and then jackie robinson as soon as he hit that ball they just they started talking normally oh shit Oh, you know, <laughs> he knocked, he knocked that, that I, cool tone I do, out of their voice. I do. I know what you're talking about. I do think it's funny. Like, okay, they're playing these games in Brooklyn, New York. Why does everybody talk like they're from Texas? No, I know. It's yeah, like, I know. <laughs> but good film. Good film. Harrison in that film too. Good yeah, supporting Harrison, actor. He's really good in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I've got, um, I've got American Sniper uh, next. Um, I, I like, uh, I like that it wasn't, uh, it didn't feel like a traditional war film, uh, to me, like, like saving private Ryan, saving private Ryan's great. Obviously there's, there's like 20 films you could put on this list. Uh, saving private Ryan's based on a real war, but not real people. Yes. It's very, very loosely, loosely based on a small article that Spielberg read about a battalion that was sent in to find a guy. And then they decided to write a screenplay on it, but it wasn't nearly as dramatic as the movie. But anyway, exactly. Um, but yeah, so you gotta be careful whenever you make make the list because right. there, you know, some 
some stories are more watered down. Well, than I mean, I'll be honest. My number one is based on a true story, and the movie is very embellished as what really happened in real life. But we'll get to that when I get to my number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so American Sniper, if you haven't seen it, uh, you know, Chris Kyle, like almost 300 kills, best sniper in American history. Uh, and uh, his his tragic story um, portrayed by Bradley Cooper and directed by the great Clint Eastwood. Well, my number three is also a war film. And uh, that's Zero Dark Thirty, man. I think oh, Catherine, Bigelow's, yeah. Catherine Bigelow's story and her telling of us going in to get Osama bin Laden, Laden is is it's so fucking well done it is such a fantastic film mm -hmm. i it's almost amazing that it's not held in the same regard as her her her, her her hurt locker movie um but man zero dark 30 is 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 so good you feel like you're there with those soldiers as things unfold as we go after the one of the um most sought after terrorists of our time and um and it's a really really good movie and um uh, and I think maybe it's not talked about as much because it's so close to the chest for so many people because of the things that bin Laden and his people did to our country, um, you know, yeah. on 9-11 and things like that. Um, so I think uh, people are, are afraid to admit that they love that movie. And, but it's okay to like a movie, people, even yeah. though it hits close to home because of what he did to our country. But, man, Zero Dark Thirty is so good. Good one, man. Um, for me uh, – Man, I know, you know, I know this is a more recent film, but I've got Oppenheimer um, as as number two. Um, I I really enjoyed it. I like the, uh, you know, just learning about uh, Robert J. Oppenheimer because I, for some reason, I had in my mind that that Albert Einstein had more to do with the Manhattan Project, and really, he he did not. Uh, and then, you know, just the impact that Oppenheimer knew. Um, the effect of the atomic bomb was going to have uh, and, and seeing that play out um, on the big screen was, was cool to watch. Yeah, well, good movie. Um, and number two, I have Moneyball. It's my second sports movie. Man, this is a movie that um, the more and more I watch it, the more and more I love it, man. I just, I think it's so good. It's so well acted. Um, it's extremely accurate as to what the Oakland A's did to come up with analyticals and, and it's yes. so important to the game of baseball. It's 20 years later, man. We have our Houston Astros winning World Series based on analyticals. It's completely – and not just baseball. Analyticals have gone into basketball. Yeah. Football's – the NFL is finally – basketball has been embracing analyticals for a few years now. But now the NFL is starting to embrace analyticals. And the NFL for years swore, oh, that won't work in football. You can't, you can't win football games based on how many receptions a guy caught per year. Yes, you can. The NFL yes, starting to can. figure it out. You know, yeah, same concept. They're yes. like, he gets on base. I, yes. I like how his, this you guy know, catches Jonah five Hill's yard character. passes consistently. Yeah, yeah, NFL starting to figure it out. And Moneyball is tells that story about Billy Bean and the Oakland A's, and Brad Pitt is fantastic in the movie. So is the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, um, I like Hill. how uh, Brad Brad Pitt keeps pissing him off, and he's like, "Nope, you can't start him because I just gave him away." And, and that all happened. Art House have... talked about to this day. <laughs> the real Art House talked about how he, him, and Billy Bing, they don't really care for each other, even yeah. to this day. You know, I've heard Art Howe on local radio here in Houston. It's like, well, not he's going to Detroit, yeah. and I'm getting a couple cheeseburgers and a bag of Doritos for him. Art Howe's <laughs> not a fan of Billy Bean. Art Howe's not a fan of what the current Astros have done. Because I heard him say on the radio, he goes, hey, I'm Art Howe's former manager of the Astros. He's like, hey, I love the fact the Astros won the World Series, but I still like old-fashioned baseball. Art Howe, to this day, stands by that. <laughs> uh -huh. You know, And maybe that's why you're not managing anymore, Art Howe. You know, Might be. <laughs> Um, so number one for me, I've, I've got Ford V Ferrari. Um, Wait, did you do your number two? I thought, I thought Oppenheimer was, Oh, I didn't do. Ah, oh, man. Oh, well, one I did skip I one. I skip catch me if we can. Oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay. it doesn't have to be exact. Enough, but yeah. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. I skipped, I skipped it, I guess, but we reviewed catch me if we can, uh, catch me if you can last year. And, uh, I was trying not to stack two you know, didn't, uh, DiCaprio films on here, but, uh, I really liked him and catch me if you can. And it's one of those films where I, if I get an itch, I'll just watch it. Cause I just, I love the story. Um, even though it's a little over embellished uh, as we 
touched on. Um, it's, you know, still a great performance by DiCaprio. Oh, you revealed your number one on accent. We'll get yeah. to it in a minute, but, uh, but I can tell you right now, and I'm, I'm just going to be a little uh, petty here. My number one is better than your number one, <laughs> but that's <laughs> As always. My, my number one, one best picture, won all kinds of Oscars. And that is Braveheart. Oh is, man! I mean, one of the one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, and and yeah, I know I'm that the, about Braveheart. The, I know the real story of William Wallace. I know that he didn't really sleep with the princess because that would have never happened, you know. But they had to show some boobs in the movie, um, you know. Uh, you know he, but most of the movie, the battles are pretty accurate. His the legend of William Wallace are pretty accurate. Um, mm-hmm. You know there there are they he wasn't quite as hands-on most of his combat against the scots was more uh behind the scenes little small battles here and there so but the movie had to make it bigger and better and great battles and braveheart is just amazing i love the movie um to to this day when robert the bruce portrays him that is still one of the most emotional what the fuck scenes in cinema history to me yeah man you know um and and braveheart is just just such an amazing film and uh you know we covered it on the podcast a couple of years ago and uh just uh just a great great movie man one of the greatest one of my favorite like i said one of my favorite movies of all time you know yeah man it's like and then what the prima natra uh mm-hmm. shit it's like when they rise up against the uh the government um yeah. it's like that's some some good scenes in that movie yeah. man yeah and then you know Mel Gibson's butt is in the film, right? Probably, I don't know. Only you would remember that stuff. I think so. I, mean, I think that's what won Best Picture. I mean, <laughs> it's forty-year-old ass on that film. Just, I mean, just a great film, though. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So mine's Ford v Ferrari. Uh, it's uh, it's adrenaline pumping. Uh, it's, yeah, that's um, a guilty pleasure pick for you. I already it know is. that because it it's all, a good movie, but I think yeah. the four other movies you picked are better than that movie. Yeah, I just I I love like how they tried to than that. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it, I, mean, I know, like four V Ferrari too. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the you know what went into engineering that vehicle and, and how they beat uh, Ferrari, and it's. What's funny is it's a story that I used to um, make arguments about, you know, whenever I talk cars with people, they're like, oh, well, you know, it's like, you know, Chevy's better or, or GMC's better. And I was like, well, it's like they didn't beat Ferrari. Ford did. The Ford yeah. GT did. And it was funny because I used to talk about this all the time. And, uh, you know, I knew some of, you know, some of that story, but whenever I watch this, I'm just like, wow, there's, you know, seeing more to it. And, uh, you know, Henry Ford, the second and his involvement in, in hiring, uh, Shelby. And, you know, I just, I loved Carol Shelby. He always, you know, wanted to, uh, break the barrier of 200 miles an hour with the Mustang. And, uh, you know, I, I bought, you know, his special edition magazine whenever it came out. So it's, very much a guilty pleasure. I'm a big I Carol did, Shelby fan. I did yeah. read some stuff. I remember reading though, like where they where they go to meet Enzo Ferrari at his office. I heard like that didn't really happen though. In real life, it was just a phone call. Yeah, like Enzo Ferrari was so masculine, manly that he's like, no, I'm not meeting with y'all. I'll mm-hmm. talk to you on the phone. Like he wasn't going to have his competitors in his office. Yeah, he's like, no, that's not fucking happening. So you know, but in the movie, you want to have the face to face meeting. You know, it makes it more dramatic. Exactly. Yeah, apparently Enzo Ferrari really wanted nothing to do with those guys at all. Like he was so competitive. He's like, I'm not talking to y'all. Yeah. 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 And they, yeah, Lee Iacocca did not go to Italy to go right. meet. Yeah. Yeah. Enzo Ferrari. So, and, but you know, and I like that they had Lee Iacocca in there. I was like, oh my God, the guy who designed the Mustang, he's in there. Yeah. It's like, good, very good performances by Matt Damon and Christian Bale in that movie. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Was, it's a good so, movie. That was a movie that surprised me when I saw it. I was like, and I ended up enjoying it. I actually, I think I own it. I bought a copy of it. I, I think I have yeah. it. Yeah, and my, my cousin saw it because he's a bigger car nut than I am. And he's like, you've got to see this movie. It's it's awesome. And I was like, really? It's it's that good? And I, I was, you know, very surprised at how much I liked it versus, 
you know, what I initially thought of it seeing trailers. Right. Uh, yeah, it was a surprise for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. You got me thinking. Did that, did that movie get Oscar nominations? I'm trying to remember. I'm looking real quick. I don't remember. Um, it won I, Best Achievement Editing and Best Achievement Sounding. It was nominated for Best Picture. Okay, so yeah, it was a pretty solid film. Okay. So, um, Cool, man. So, um, good top five, man. That was a fun top five. A good variety there. You know, yeah, yeah. I got movies. a mix of sports and dramas and military. Yeah. So, we're going to move on to next week's film. A preview of next week's film. And um, a movie that you revealed to me at the end of last week that you had never seen. And Lords of Dogtown, I wasn't surprised you had seen, but I cannot absolutely fucking believe you've never seen this movie. Um, and that is Apollo 13. Apollo 13 flight controllers, give me a go, no go for launch. You know that Easter vacation trip we had planned for Acapulco? Uh-uh. Procedures. Go. Control. Go flight. There might be a slight change in destination. Really? Maybe say the moon. <gasps> Booster. Go. Retro. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. And I take the controls and I steer it around. FAO. We're go flight. For a nice, soft landing on the moon. Better than Neil Armstrong. Does it bother you that the public regards this flight as routine? There's nothing routine about flying to the moon. I can vouch for that. Launch control, this is Houston. We are go for launch. The clock is running. Houston, we have cleared the tower at 1313. Okay, guys. We're going to the moon. This is the crew of the Apollo 13. Wishing everyone back on Earth uh, a pleasant evening. Uh, Houston, we have a problem. We got a wicked shimmy up here. Houston, we are venting something out into space. It's definitely a gas of some sort. Flight, the heart rates are skyrocketing. The Apollo 13 spacecraft is apparently losing breathing oxygen. The emergency has ruled out any chance of a lunar landing. Why are there so many people here? Something broke on your daddy's spaceship. I have a request from the news people. Take it up with my husband. He'll be home. On Friday. Slightly, I've lost the radio contact. Econ, what's your data telling you? It's, it's reading a quadruple failure. That can't happen. It's, it's got to be instrumentation. The ship's bleeding to death. This rate, we're going to skip right out of the atmosphere, and we're never going to get back. Oh, we're looking at less than 15 minutes of life support in the Odyssey. We never lost an American in space. We're sure as hell not going to lose one on my watch. Odyssey, do you read me? How long does it take to power up the limb? Three hours by the checklist. We don't have that much time. Yep. Starring Tom Hanks, Bill Paxson, directed by the great Ron Howard, Kevin Bacon, Gary Sinise. Uh, um, man, uh, I just... Uh, man. Yep. Um, another movie that was nominated for Best Picture. And um, this is a good film, man. It, and it's based... another. We're just happy to be doing back-to-back movies based on true stories. And um, <clears throat> just a, a riveting film. Exciting, based on a real story is... We've worked to get the Apollo 13 astronauts back home safely after a malfunction on their spacecraft in space. And uh, um, so we get to talk about that story next week and look back on the, the true, true life tale of Apollo 13 and talking a, a great film that Matt's amazingly never seen. You know, yeah. there's some there's some movies that like, doesn't surprise me you haven't seen them. But this is one I'm really surprised you haven't seen, knowing that you like uh, history and science fiction or real life science fiction. I'm just surprised yeah. you're not sat down and watched this one. Um, so that was kind of a... And it's a movie shot. with Houston ties. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, this is the famous uh, phrase, Houston, you have a problem? That's came from the astronauts in Apollo 13. Or yeah. Houston, we have a problem. So, you know. Um, so that's going to be a good one to talk about next week, man. It's uh, it's it's on Netflix for anybody who wants to watch along. Um, so it's easily available. Um, so we'll be talking Apollo 13 on next week's show. Yeah. Um, until then... The Rebel Radio Podcast, 
Rebelradio.com for all your Rebel Radio needs and all the links, all the apps, and all that good stuff. Our social media, and for you porn bots, keeps trying to post porn on yeah, our Rebel dude. Radio group page. I hope that your fucking ball sacks itch. <laughs> but, uh, forever. Forever. But until then, thank you as always for listening. Continue to be safe out there and as we uh, move forward to our 10th anniversary and 400th episode coming up this summer. We'll keep bringing you some great shows. Uh, this has been Mark. This has been Matt. Until next time, remember as always, just go there, go and, there do and do it. it.